Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 70 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Todd and Peter are both with me today, so no one will leave the podcast within the first 15 seconds. Uh, Todd, it's good to see you again. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready. Yeah. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year as well. Peter, Happy New Year to you. You're looking Happy good, even though you've been up for like 72 hours straight after that game. <laughs> it felt like it. It was, what, 4.30 in the morning when it finished here the other morning, and I, oh, I didn't know what man. to do with myself then. Did you just take the wife off for breakfast? Like, fuck it. I'm already up. <laughs> She's no? sleeping. Uh, so yeah. Simultaneous. <laughs> nice. What if we were done one of those? That might be a first. Yeah, it's fine. That's yeah. nice. Remember, we cuss for charity. If this is the first time you're listening. Todd has increased our Twitter followers to 837. So maybe we've got some new listens this week My out of our new people. If you don't know what that sound is, it's us cussing and putting a quarter in the jar for Habitat for Humanity. You know, with all of the revenue from Anchor and with our cussing and with the shoe raffle and all that, we're going to be over $1,000 for Habitat this season. So that's really cool. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty that's awesome. Cool. Uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter at AVG cheese and email avgcheese at gmail.com. It is now 2022. So we should have a website in the next couple of days. I think that will be <laughs> www.avgcheese.com. <laughs> and P- Peter is now panicking because he did not finish in the appropriate amount of time. Or choking on something. Yeah. Can't, can't hear. Yeah. No, you can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie you heard every word of that yeah so maybe in the next couple of weeks www.avgcheese.com looking forward to that all right now the show is bogged down to a halt let's get into the slices todd is very excited that rashawn gary got a sack in this game he is now up to 9.5 if you are not familiar with our is it a bet a wager what would you call this? Um, I guess it was just, I think my exact words were that Rashawn Gary will is a bust or something like that. And I said that I would eat my words if he were to get double-digit sacks in a season. So, yeah, now at 9.5, only half a sack to go. Maybe well, if versus- we're going off the, I mean, are we going off the old season? Because if it, that's true... We've added a few games now, so I mean, technically, you know, I'd already just—he'd be stuck with nine point five, right? He would, right? But he isn't. I'm still trying to get out of this. Um, <laughs> let's see. How about how about this? How about does he have to hit ten on the button? Because what if he gets, you know, if he gets a full sack, right? 
that would give him 10 and a half. So it wouldn't be 10. I mean, the bet is 10, right? So wouldn't he have to get a half a sack in order for me to eat the paper? I don't know. No. Oh, <laughs> shit. Like if you're running 100 meters, do you stop right at the finish line? And like, you can't go any farther? To, I'm just trying to understand the rules. I'm just trying to understand. It. I think you're just Before trying to get out of it. Yes. I did look this up on the internet. And I did see that it is not good for you, but it is cellulose. So people said, I wouldn't make a habit of it. But if you do it, it shouldn't be too bad for you. It's just hard to digest. So you ever see, you ever see that show, My Strange Addiction, where people are like eating fucking pillows and all kinds of Barbie dolls and all kinds of shit? Now we have Todd eating paper. So you're going to be And now I'm eating paper. So wonderful. Good time. Well, yeah, it won't be an addiction. <laughs> no, because it'll be so bad the first time you're like, well, nope, I'm out. Give me a one it, and done. Except, does it become an addiction if Rashan Gary gets ten sacks in every season that he plays? Do you have to? Do you have we to? We gotta reset it. Every I, season, I have to reset it. There has to be a new one. <laughs> so we gotta pick on someone else. I can't keep picking on him. And it won't be paper so, eating, probably. Yeah, it'll be something else. Some other stupid <laughs> thing that I could do to embarrass myself. That's what uh, we do on the show. Yeah, well, All right, let's move on from Rashawn Gary. We can talk about how great he was later on when we talk Packers and Vikings. The MVP race, I've tried to take the other side, even though I fucking hate Tom Brady. I'm trying to take the other side. Jonathan Taylor, I think, did not play well enough in this last game, and who knows what he'll do in game 17. I think he had 108 yards, Jonathan Taylor, but Brady had a really nice game. Peter, it, try to give us a... Tom Brady is the MVP. How would we defend Tom Brady, the MVP? Things that are in his favor are volume, right? So he leads the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. He demonstrated late in the season. And I think that these these awards sometimes start to get biased towards what happens later in the season. Demonstrated last week, although as a team, they didn't play very well. He brought his team back from behind to win. Against the fucking Jets. By against the, way. the against, against right. the Jets, it was um, terrible. And and those are the only things that I think are, are in his favor. I guess the Bucks are, are going to the playoffs. They've won their they've won their division. They don't have as good a record as the Packers. And I think those are the only things that are in that could be deemed to be in his favor. Now it may be interesting this coming week if Rogers doesn't play on Sunday and Brady does play and happens to put up. 400 yards and four touchdowns, you know, one week shouldn't sway it. But it, if that's the lasting impression, the last thing that, that the voters think of when they go to vote, it wouldn't win it for me. But the reasons for it would be those that I've just described. It's the very obvious. You don't have to be much of a fan to pick out these statistics. He's got almost 5,000 yards passing yep. right now in the 16 games. Like you were talking about before, Todd, if the season ended today, a normal season would have ended today, 16 games. Tom Brady threw for 4,990 yards, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. You can't argue much about them being great statistics. And the Bucs are going to win their division, and they're going to be in the playoffs. So he's played well. But it seems like the groundswell is for Aaron Rodgers. So what are your thoughts on that, Todd? It's tough. I also think the, the game that Rodgers sat out with COVID, I think that's going to play into it. And I think the way that some of the vote, the people who are involved in the voting feel like they got lied to, maybe, that could very well play into it. But statistically wise, he's a game short. 
on the pro side, I would have to say he's done more with less. I think I've mentioned that before. I mean, you look at what he's done, um, you know, on a makeshift offensive line, guys getting hurt almost literally every week, changing around uh, different positions on the line, losing Tanyan for the year. When I look at it from that perspective, I mean, he would get my vote, obviously. I think Cooper Cup is another name that's close based on statistics. But again, I mean, he even himself, Cooper Cup came out and said, hey, you know, everyone's asking about, I think he's going to about to break some record of some type. I don't know. But he, even he said, hey, you know, there's got to be an asterisk or, or something in comparison to the other seasons because it's now it's 17 weeks and stuff. So I don't know. I, I, he still gets my vote just based on the fact that, come on, you know, he's AFR. I'm always going to vote for him. But I think he's done more with us. And that's part of it, too. We tend to think of the MVP as a who has the best numbers. But really, it's called the most valuable player award. Mm-hmm. And is there a more valuable player to their team than Aaron Rodgers, who has also put up crazy statistics? And I'd say no. Even with Brady's 5,000 yards passing, they got their shit pushed in. No, we did, too. By New Orleans, they scored zero. Didn't they get shut out yeah, in that game? Shut out. Nine zero with yeah. Brady in the game. Granted, we scored three against New Orleans, so it's not really different. I don't know with the things that you said with the hodgepodge line, Aaron Jones out for a minute. Uh, Lazard was out with COVID. Randall yeah. Cobb hurt. Like you, you could go down the line. Tanya yep. out for the year. Center for the year. Yes, you know, losing your left tackle, losing your left guard, losing your right tackle. All of those your, things. Your all pro tackle to- hasn't even played a snap. Who was supposed to come back this year? I mean, there's just a lot, and I think both sides of the football too. I think it just makes guys better. I mean, you look at. Even defensively, all the all the things they've overcome, I think it has has a lot to do with Rodgers being on the team. So, yeah, I would agree. Peter, any final thoughts on the MVP race before we move on? No, I think that um, you know, I, I think if Rodgers doesn't win it, I'd like to see Jonathan Taylor win it. Me too. Um, Fuck but, Tom Brady. But but, but, but yeah, I think Rodgers should win it. Cooper Cup's an interesting one. We had discussion maybe Dale all the way back about wide receivers that have won the MVP award and you got to go all the way back to Don Hudson yep. in 1942. So it's unlikely that a wide receiver would win it. Yeah. So for me, it's barring some bizarre voting going on. What do you do if you're a coach? If you're either Arians or or, um, or Lafleur, right? It's kind of a weird spot to be put in, right? I mean, you're going into the last week, your team is clinched. You don't need this game. Neither one of these teams need this game. And I've read, too, that LaFleur is playing everybody. Everyone's starting. So I don't know if that's going to change between now and Sunday, but it's interesting. What do you do as a coach when you know that your guy is... Peter, what do you do? I mean, I think it's a great question generally, you know, even if the MVP race wasn't as close as it is. And there's cases to be made e- either way. You know, you can obviously make a case for sitting Aaron Rodgers, particularly with the toe injury and all of that kind of thing. But I, I always... Heart back to 2011 when the Packers were fantastic that year, went 15 and one, sat all the starters for that last game against Detroit. And Matt Flynn came in and threw for a thousand yards and 25 <laughs> touchdowns or whatever, whatever it was in that game. But then the Packers came back in the playoffs two weeks later against the Giants and laid an egg. They looked like they were really rusty. So that's the danger that you have. And, you know, the 2011 Packers did that. The 2019 Ravens did it. So we're only going back a couple of years where they, benched all the starters or rested all the starters in the last week of the season, having clinched the number one seed and got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. So I, I, 
I think it's a danger if you sit all those guys, but I absolutely understand it, particularly with the guys that, you know, if Rogers were to go down, then you think that you're done. So you're taking a chance on playing it. For me, I'd be playing those guys a quarter and a half, something like that. But I think whatever you do, you're kind of damned if damned if you don't. Eric from Greendale reached out to me and asked me that question. What would you do as far as week 17 goes? And I told him, remember last year, the four-game preseason and the third game would always be the starters played that quarter and a half. I feel like that's how this game will go. It'll be like preseason game number three in the past. What if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or something? And you're then you look like an idiot, right? Why did you play Aaron Rodgers when you clinched? It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. There's nothing you can do to make everybody happy. If they stay healthy, you're fine. Another sort of interesting observation, too, is like, make no mistake about it, the Lions are coming to play this game. They're not going to lay down, right? They've, They've got a little bit of momentum. There's a little bit of excitement in that locker room. They know they're out of this. They they have nothing else to prove this season other than to try to end it on on a win against the Packers. They're coming to play. They're coming to play. We're you know, but it's not going to be like one of these half-ass efforts and kind of just push them over and get the W. You, what do you do? Your answer, Todd, is to do what? I think I'd put the starters in and and just cr- try to execute my game plan and see kind of how it goes. How long do they play? Depending on how it goes, that's how long they play. Yeah. You got to get it. You, you got to get the first half under your belt, I think, and then kind of make a determination at halftime what, what's going to happen. Get Rogers some stats. You know, he's going to, he's probably going to have a couple touchdowns in the first half, you know, 200 yards or whatever. Um, is that going to be enough? I don't know. And, and depending on what the score is like and what the Lions are showing them, maybe they get into halftime and go down the list of like, do we continue with the starters or not? And if not, pull them. I mean, you don't have to win the game. No, you don't. You just want to get work. Peter, go ahead. Yeah, and, were, and the other thing you know, on on that theme about getting work, it would be nice to get Jordan Love a decent amount of work because you never know what's going to happen in the in the playoffs. You, you never know if you need that guy to come in towards the end of a playoff game. Rogers gets a minor injury, gets a Joe Burrow type injury, like Burrow got last last Sunday, where he got knocked out right at the end of the game. If Love has to come in, then you would obviously hope that a little bit more work, every single snap that he takes, every piece of work that he gets is going is to help him. And you never know. That's money in the bank. You just never know when he might be needed. Even in a game that you know they could be ahead in the playoffs, but you just need him to make sure the clock gets run out for the last five minutes of the fourth quarter or whatever it is. He may need to complete one pass for a first down or whatever. All of that work that he gets now is money in the bank for that kind of scenario. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they play a couple of snaps, get a couple of maybe a half a football, and then Love does get to come in and play a real half of football. That would be nice. I think on all angles, if we're winning by two touchdowns or something going into half, maybe you see that. I'll turn it off at that point. You don't want to see Jordan Love go scorched earth on the Lions? I might be eating paper. I don't know. You might be by then. Let's talk about this. It's not Packer related. Antonio Brown pulls off his jersey and his Under Armour shirtless running, <laughs> running wherever his he pads. was running. Pulled he off his pads. Threw his pads in the... I think he threw his pads into the stands. Nice. I bet no one got anywhere fast with those. Yeah. Those probably got returned. What are your thoughts? He's a train wreck. 
And it's just, a, it was just a matter of time before the, something like this would happen. Right. I mean, that this has been his MO ever since he's come into the league. So it, did it surprise me? Nope. Not at all. I mean, if there's ever a player and there's been a bunch uh, throughout the years, players who, well, and doesn't matter what sport athletes who think that they're bigger and better than the sport or the organization or anyone else. It's just all about me, me, me. I mean, that's him in a nutshell. And I think he's got some a couple screws loose upstairs. So hopefully he's, I don't know, being evaluated. I've never seen anything like that. All the years I've seen it watched the NFL. That was outrageous. It's crazy. I'm curious what he, what was said. You know, I saw it on Twitter and I forgot about this. Do you remember when he was playing with the Steelers and he had he suffered that vicious hit? It was Vontez Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Who just crushed him. And you start to think. Is it a CTE issue? Like, is he already starting to have ill effects from being hit that much? Or does he just have mental health issues? And did he have them before? He played for Mike Tomlin, Bruce Arians now. He played for like 30 seconds with the Raiders, with Gruden, who I, I, I would say is a good coach. I'm missing something in there. I'm missing another stop in there. Uh, Bill Belichick was a, he was he played with this, he played with the Patriots. Yeah. He has never played for a shit coach, really, in his pro career. He has played under guys who can coach football. Now that being said, I was trying to take the Antonio Brown side of things. If you are told over and over again, if you do X, you're fucking gone. If you do this, you're fucking gone. If you do something else, you're gone. At some point, as a man, you start to think, these motherfuckers don't really want me around. They want me to be gone. Now, I'm not saying that Antonio Brown didn't do a bunch of dumb shit because he absolutely did. The fake vaccination card, the games he played with the Raiders with the whole helmet thing. Like, there's a lot of things that Antonio Brown has that he's done to alienate people probably on that coaching staff in the ownership group on his team, all of those things. I don't dispute that Antonio Brown has a part in this whole thing, but what Ian Rappaport said was Antonio Brown's ankle was tweaked. He went out for pregame warmups. He thought he was okay. He played a little bit. He came out of the game, told somebody he couldn't go. Bruce Arians told him, if you don't go back out there, you're cut. I don't know what part to believe in that, but really I'm out there and I'm telling you that I'm hurt. And if I don't go back out there hurt, I'm cut. If that's true, you start to see the other side of things where Antonio Brown's like, are you serious? I'm going to go out there and injure myself or I'm cut. I don't know what to say about that. Do I think it was strange and weird antics? Yes. But I also think you're going to cut me if I don't go back out there in the field right now. You wouldn't say that to any other player on this team. And you're saying it to me. There's always three sides to the truth. Your side, my side, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. Probably never know the whole truth and know what happened behind the scenes on by all parties. So yeah, anything else? No, no, I just talked for like 45 fucking minutes. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, the average cheese pick'em contest has gotten very close. I was blowing everybody away. And Mike from Tosa got, I think, either 15 of 16 games right this week or all 16 games right this week. 
He's within three games of overtaking me, the champ. <laughs> oh, God. I also must add here that I'm in the fa- finals of our championship for fantasy football. Feeling super good about myself. <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> I mean, I never lack for confidence. yourself on, on, the, on your back. I am doing that right now. It's an audio podcast, but I am now patting myself on the back. I was just going to dip into something here. So happy new year to everybody listening. And I thought, so this is the third year that the average cheese has been going third calendar year. So I haven't hit three years as yet, but third calendar year. And I thought at that point, I just spent a little bit of time going back and just perusing some of the old episodes. This is what I found, guys. So there's been 69 episodes, actually 70, because the first episode was episode zero. That's true. And it, yeah. and it, and it co- covers more than 3,550 minutes of, of pure bliss, of absolute <laughs> garbage, football, <man>. football heaven. <laughs> right? There you go. Somebody and, football heaven. And, <laughs> and that means that if you listened for eight hours a day listening to the episodes back to back, it would take you more than a week to listen to every single episode. So I think that's a challenge now for anybody listening that they need to go back and do that this week and come back to us next week, having having done that. Here's the interesting one. How about this? During this, the time of the podcast, the Packers have played in 33 games, including the playoffs, and have gone 27 and 6 in those games. In the 33 games before the average cheese started, the Packers went 19, 13 and 1. There's so no the coincidence have- there. Absolutely. So the Packers have gone from a 591 winning percentage pre-average cheese to an 818 winning percentage with the average cheese. What can I say? What That's can I a, say, guy? Yeah, nothing. That's next generation <laughs> stats, stats don't lie. right there. <laughs> stats don't lie. And, and so here's some of the some of the subjects that have been covered. Oh no! What? <laughs> and you might want to cut some of this out, or whatever. Nope. Forget to get the swear jar ready. <laughs> Firstly, why are these two old men cussing at each other? Are they just like an old married couple? Yeah. Does Peter need to wear a zebra uniform to referee these two guys? <laughs> Has Dale paid his speeding ticket yet? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Have you? Yes. Okay. Yes. It was like $164 for fucking blowing a stop sign. I never did tell you that. Now you know. In the solo episodes, why does Dale cuss to himself all the time? (laughs) And and, and is this something that he does in real life? Yes. Yeah. That's true. He does. (laughs) (laughs) And, And speaking of cussing, does Peter have a detrimental impact on the swear jar finances? 100%. And we love you for that. Yeah. And some others, with regard to the Packers, do you guys really want Greg Jennings to commentate on the Packers games every week? No. <laughs> no, oh, man. I know he's in the news again, crying and bitching. What do you do he, now? No, he's complaining that he has no relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no boo, shit, you dummy. fucking who? Yeah. <laughs> no. Did we, ever, did we ever determine in the previous 70 episodes Who's the better kicker, Mason Crosby or Todd? No question there. <laughs> no question. Sorrel boots and all. Whatever did happen to Dale on his Lambeau Field tour? I did not have to delete that picture from my phone, and I never got on the damn field. They wouldn't let me go on, even though there was a Kenny Chesney concert the night before. That's bullshit. But I, I made it out safe. 
<laughs> who who is really Todd's favorite number fifty two? No, <laughs> no one knows. Frank Winters. <laughs> yeah, Frank Winters. Good old Frankie. <laughs> Frankie bag of donuts. A question we never answered: Are Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster really the same person? Hmm. And we didn't answer that. that. Mm. No, and having said that, is Tyler Lancaster still in the blue tent? <laughs> With <Yeah>. the official? <laughs> yeah. Him and the official eating their bony sandwiches in there? Sharing his fucking sandwich with them, probably. <laughs> and finally, as you guys covered these two players at some length in the early episodes, whatever became of Perry Nickerson and Snacks Harrison? Uh, Perry <laughs> Nickerson, that's right. Oh, I love me some Snacks Harrison. I don't know what happened to Perry Nickerson, but I tell you what, I would have loved to have seen him returning kicks or punts this year. Why not? I think Peter is trying Why to not? say that we are the not guy's general got managers. Sub four three speed. <laughs> he does. Tulane, right? Yes, out of Tulane. Where is like the a, guy? He's probably he got all these fucking, fucking problems with somewhere. kickoff returns, punt returns, and you got Perry Nickerson. Who knows what he's doing right now? Call the guy up. Working at a gas station. That's what he's doing. Maybe. Running really fast after burglars. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking him up right now because I do need to know <laughs> where Perry Nickerson is now. We know. I know you like them. And I love Snacks Harrison. He did jack shit. He's nowhere, according to this. He's not yeah. playing football. So That's every team is mistaken about Perry Nickerson and every team. Never is, is. Yep, they are. They're mistaken about Snacks Harrison, too. About this time of the season, everybody wants to sign Snacks Harrison for the playoffs, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Just for that one game. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well, that was kind of fun, Peter, since yeah, we didn't have thank a, you. Those are I, all amazing. I didn't realize questions. how great we really are <laughs> until no. now. Yeah. Now <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun, Peter. We should do that after season three, too. You can make fun of our mistakes. Crazy stats. Yeah. Next generation stats. Packers are 27 and six since we started this podcast. I'm putting that on Twitter right now. So Packers 37, Vikings 10, Todd. Some good. Let's go through the good, bad, and the ugly. Offensively, what happened? Good. I thought the offensive line played really well. This was a cold-ass fucking game. I mean, you could just see it on, on people's faces but i thought the offensive line performed great there were no sacks in this good they didn't allow a sack in this game which is another feather in our cap and i thought that the game plan by lafleur was just like this might have been his best one of the season now granted the vikings did not come to play this football game at all and you could see just Dalvin Cook's body language. He just wanted no part of this football game. You'd see him out there and you could just tell this, this guy who's supposed to be a leader. And I like Dalvin Cook as a player. I mean, as a leader, you can't have that type of body language. I mean, he did not look like he wanted to play one down of football at all. He didn't want to fall on the ground, nothing. He was not aggressive, not his usual self. And I think that just pretty much game over at that point. But but I thought Lafleur, you know, getting back to Lafleur, I thought his his game plan was just surgical, precise, well balanced. Got the win, got everybody the, their touches. What more can be said other than you know it was pretty much a perfect performance offensively. Todd summed it up perfectly. I mean, you just felt like they they could pretty much move the ball at will after those first couple of drives where they did move the ball and those both ended in 
field goals. After that, you just felt that the Packers could score as many points as they need as they needed to score. And all the guys showed up. Rogers was excellent. Devontae Adams was Devontae Adams as he is every week. As Todd said, the offensive line looked looked really good. The running game was good, both inside and outside. Good all round. I think Rodgers could have thrown to Devontae Adams on every pass and told the defensive back cross from Devontae Adams, hey, we're throwing the ball your way right now. You can't stop us. He couldn't stop Devontae Adams. They could have thrown it to Devontae Adams on every play. Rodgers kept throwing it in the bucket. Or what do you say, Todd? Throwing it in the shoebox. He was throwing it in the exact same spot every time, wherever it needed to be. The Packers could have scored 60 in this game. And I said it during the game, and I guess I'm going off topic a little bit. Why was Rodgers playing after a while? Like that game was out of hand in the first half. I felt Mm -hmm. like I don't know what was going on there. But the offense... If they had kept their first team offense out there and just they could have run over Minnesota and scored 60. I thought they were that good this game. What about the bad? It's hard to be bad when you score 37 points and you're really not trying. MVS only had one reception for three yards. I don't know what the deal was there. He's starting to disappear again. I, I just don't get it. They didn't they never took a shot downfield. Usually they'll they'll take at least one or two. Well, to Devontae Adams, they did, but they never they did, took one MVS. No. So I kind of wonder what's what his state is. I wonder if he's fully healthy and everything is all right with MVS. Because Juwan Winfrey got some snaps in this game. Yeah, he did, yeah. I, I, I guess the other thing is there may be some plays in there for MVS that, that, that this stage of the season they just didn't want to show. In a game where they could almost score at will, let's hold back some of those plays that... That we, that we may need in the playoffs. I don't, I, I don't know. It's really hard to say there's anything bad when the Packers ran for 174 yards and threw for 300 and something. Like That's really stretching. DeGuara missed that for sure touchdown. That was really strange how he tried to catch that football. You think? Like he didn't know what direction to put his hands in. That's why I put it in the notes is there's something about him just watching him that just seems off to me. I, I don't know what it is. He's not an effective blocker. I mean, we've seen that, right? Can he catch the football? Yeah. He's got decent hands, but it's what he does after he catches is kind of like shaky. I mean, he's not the type of tight end that's going to, you know, knock a 180 pound corner down and, and run him over. I mean, he gets tackled quite easily, and which is kind of strange because he has a low center of gravity, but I don't know. There's something about him and it didn't look to me on the the pass that you just mentioned. Yeah, I, I think he was, I don't know what he was thinking there, but I, I think Rodgers was not too happy with him either. I have some issues with him. I think he's serviceable for what they need and he can get the job done, but long-term, I mean, I, I think he's an expendable piece. I don't know if I agree with that. I just think that him and being able to go in motion, that H-back position is not something that every guy can play. And we haven't seen dominant Daphne very often. So I wonder if no. like, Deguara has basically taken his role. Peter, what are your thoughts? I know I know that we're not talking about the bad or anything, but what is Tyler Davis's role going forward? Is he just a piece until Tanyan comes back? Like, what is his deal? I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think he's traditional tight end too, if you like, because as as you just described, I think that um, Deguara and Daphne are similar type players in that kind of tight end on the move, H back type guy, whereas Davis is more of a traditional tight end yeah he's going to be one of those roster bubble guys come come the spring come training camp next year if he if he's if he's still around i guess the difficulty with those types of guys is you don't see much of them you know and if they if they're coming in with one or two targets a game 
sometimes you're asking a lot of those guys who's not had a ball thrown at him for 58 minutes to suddenly catch a ball, particularly in the in the cold. I mean, right now I see him as kind of the fourth guy in that tight end H-back mix on, on the roster. And I think he's primarily there because Lafleur likes to have four tight ends that he can use at any, at any given time. All right, let's move on to defense, Peter. We'll give you the first shot. What's the good in your eyes? Well, I, th- I thought Devondre Campbell was was good but we, we say that every week and again without trying to repeat myself I'm going to repeat myself for me it's his discipline both against the run but particularly in pass coverage and there was one pass where uh, I think it was Justin Jefferson beat Sullivan almost off the line and Devondre Campbell made the tackle it was about a five-yard pass over, over the middle now in previous years you know you could just see Jefferson getting free and turning a five-yarder into a 35-yarder Campbell was right there disciplined knew exactly what was going on. He always makes the tackle. You never see him yep. miss miss the tackle. Just very, very disciplined, solid all round. I would like to have seen the pass rush get to the quarterback a little, a little bit more, particularly as Cousins wasn't playing that inexperienced quarterback back there. But I think some of those questions are questions going forward rather than particularly about this game. It was easily good enough to beat the Vikings this past Sunday. Devondre Campbell is, is as sure of a tackler as the Packers have on the roster, but hands down. I mean, he wraps people up and nobody wiggles away from that guy. I mean, I mean, we say it every week. The guy is just uh, having a resurrection of his career, I guess, at this point. And thank God we're benefiting from it. My standout too was, um, I thought Kenny, they, they showed Ken, Kenny Clark quite a bit in this game. And you don't really see all the things that he actually does because, I mean, playing in the middle like that, it's not the most thing that people are focused on or or, or gets the most attention or or camera time. But they they showed quite a bit of him, man, and the stuff that he does. And it's pretty amazing being double teamed every single play and how he's able to uh, completely disrupt an offense. I don't know. I I, I really, for me, I, I, I thought he, again... I mean, he's worth worth the money that we're paying him. I thought that he had a great game. It seemed like Kenny Clark was getting off the ball really quickly. There are a bunch of plays while he didn't make the play. He seemed to be the, hitting that snap count perfectly and getting into the backfield and just kind of disrupting things a little bit. So that was nice to see. Todd, your guy, Rashawn Gary, was almost a one-man wrecking crew. He had seven quarterback pressures in this game, four quarterback hits and a sack. Like that, right. That's what you pay the man for. We'll see about getting paid. We'll see about it. I mean, he had a very good game. Now, statistically, you'd like to see him get to the quarterback and have those sacks. He didn't get there. That would be my bad, switching over to the bad. Other than Smith and Ge- Preston Smith had a, a sack, and I think another quarterback hit. Gary had four quarterback hits. Nobody else had a quarterback hit in this game against yeah. a backup quarterback like Peter was saying before. Yeah, it's not Mannion Kirk Cousins. Sucks. It's Sean Mannion. They basically gave up running the football. Dalvin Cook, I don't know if it was the cold. like He was like, he did not want to play. I think no, he was it, just like, fuck it, this. I'm, it didn't I'm look strong. like it. Yeah. So then you have no running game to speak of, and you have a backup quarterback. You should be able to mess with that guy's head. He hasn't gotten enough snaps to be able to pick apart your schemes, but – yeah, that was a little bit ugly. People were talking about on Twitter how, oh, yeah, the Packers defense is back. No, it isn't. You're playing the backup quarterback. And Dalvin Cook is giving up after, like, the first three plays. So you're basically playing the JVs. Like, I, I wasn't super impressed with this outing. I mean, they gave up 10 points. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're ready for the playoffs with this team. Yeah, you couldn't measure against 
this team. I would have liked them to seen them try to disrupt. Uh, what's his name? Banyan or Mannion? Mannion, yeah. Mannion. I mean, that one time he did he did scramble. He looked like a fucking wounded giraffe coming out of there. It was pretty ugly looking. Like, he is not the most athletic cat. That's it for sure. just looked ugly. It was an ugly looking run, man. I mean, I think the thing that's to watch for, and is it, it, yeah, it's certainly different with our defenses compared to other teams. And I, and I keep thinking back to the Chiefs game in, in particular. But, you know, when there's a young, inexperienced quarterback back there, lots of other defensive coordinators would be sending the kitchen sink after that guy early. And, and I guess it's just the way that Joe Barry schemes his defense. The Packers don't blitz very much. You know, even when they moved guys up into the A gap, they backed them back out again. And I think other teams, and I'm not saying one's better than the other, but other teams would have played that differently. I think they would have they would have blitzed Sean Mannion early, just like Chiefs did with Jordan Love. So I think that's something to to watch for. It's my concern, I guess, going forwards. If the Packers can't get a pass rush, they've got they've got to get pressure on the quarterback. They've got to get sacks from somewhere else, whether that's blitzing a safety, whether blitzing a linebacker, whatever it is. And Todd, you have in the notes that Isaac Yadam is the ugly on defense. Yeah. I mean, just a couple of plays that he was out there. Did you see him? He's bad. He's, a, <laughs> he's not good. Oh, man. You know that if that clown is out there, the game is out of reach. So hopefully oh, yeah. next week and a bunch of times going forward, the Packers are up four touchdowns and Isaac Yadam can go in there and take snaps from everybody. He's on a bunch of the coverage teams. Yes, that's his job to be on the coverage. And he sucks at that too. <laughs> so why the fuck is he on the field? I don't know. He sucks. It's terrible. Perry Nickerson should be out there. Perry Nickerson should be out there. <laughs> and who knows what the average cheese influence on the Packers record would be if they'd start to actually listen to us. Yeah. Right? Our, yes. Yes. Good Perry point. Nickerson would have been returning punts and kickoffs this year. Who knows? Yeah. Although, did did the Packers find a guy this week? Dave, David Moore. Yeah. I saw that guy. A, People have already hungry. anointed him to be a part of the Packer <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> He is the next Desmond Howard already. Leave him out there. He he did just fine. (laughs) Yes, he caught the ball, held on to it, didn't fumble. He got smashed, too. He didn't fumble. That's all I care about. Run forward on kicks to the 25, 26-yard line. Don't fumble any punts. You're good in my book. And if we're talking special teams, Mason Crosby, perfect again. Three weeks in a row. But do you see the kicks when they go through the upright Yes. Or is it just me? I we've established that they're good. Yes. And, they're ugly. And since this is pick on Todd Knight, and did he have like four or five touchbacks as well? That's he did. It was blown like eighty miles an hour at his back, probably. It was, but it's the only way. Yes. I put it on the Twitters that he was really muscling up on his kicks. Oh, God. Blasting them through the end zone. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, let this continue for, was it four more games? That's fine. That's fine. But yeah, next year, I don't think been, you see Mason Crosby. Next he's year. been perfect ever since you guys were in attendance that game. He missed one that game. That's true. But ever since then, he's my been missed, perfect. My, my missed attempt might have fueled him. And That's probably right. after, after that game. He's probably scared perfect. I'll take his job. Marcy says that they taught Bajorquez how to hold the ball during the bye week or whatever. 
since then, Macy Crosby's been perfect. That's what she they said. They taught him? They taught Bohorquez how to hold He's never players. done it before? No. Nope. Bullshit. <laughs> He's been fucking doing that since high school, probably. <laughs> and now he knows how. He needed time. Mo Drayton, the special teams genius, to teach him how like to I hold I said, throw football. fucking Jordan Love's dumbass back there. <laughs> Not doing anything else. No, that's true. He is not doing anything else. Let's talk more about the special fucking teams, though. So that was the positive. Bajorquez had his by far his worst week as a Packer. He was really kind of bad this game. Yeah, I mean, that one was, what was it, 33 yards? I don't know. He went straight sideways. Yeah. Off they didn't need, yeah, they didn't have a punt return in this game. Yeah, it was Minnesota. He had a long of 39. Damn. His longest kick was 39. He punted twice. Fuck, I could for... throw it that far. That means his first one only went 24 yards. <laughs> oh, man. Again, you should get out there as a special teams coordinator. And, uh, yeah. So you can tell it. some of the guys that the cold just doesn't jive with them, but he better figure that shit out because it's they said not going to get booming. any warmer up in fucking Green Bay. So No. They said in warmups he was like he was kicking them like sixty plus yards, and the guy for the Vikings was averaging about forty. That's what I saw on Twitter before the game started. He's kicked in Buffalo. It's not like he's never kicked in cold weather before. Yeah, he better get his shit together for the playoffs. Well, get your shit I mean, together. I mean, the good news, good news is I don't think you'll need to punt in the playoffs. That's all. Three games, no punts. I, I'm all for it. Sign me <laughs> up for that. Where we just 42 20 everybody on the way to the Super Bowl. That'd be great. You want to talk about the Lions at all? We should, right? Why Last not? game of the season. What's the key, Peter? One key against the Lions. Well, it's difficult to know, isn't it? Difficult to know who's going to play. You know, if Jordan Love were to start, it would be the, the battle of the backup bowl, wouldn't it? Yeah. Tim Tim Boyle's likely to start for the Lions, I believe. I think normally with the with teams like the Lions, and, I, and I've said this multiple times and it's a case of stating the obvious, you have to get on top of those teams by a couple of scores early. Don't keep them hanging around. And I think going back to Todd's point earlier, if you, if you can get on top of them by a couple of scores through the second quarter, whether that takes you all the way to halftime, it leaves Lafleur's options open as to who he pulls out of the game, when he pulls them out of the game and, and, that, and that kind of thing. So I think for me, that's the key. The other key is just nobody get injured. <laughs> that's the most important. That's the most important thing in in this game. Todd, any other thoughts about that? I would have to say that this game is super unpredictable. There's so many different aspects to it that are going to be really tough to game plan. I think it's going to be the test of all tests for Lafleur, just from the standpoint of you've got Aaron Rodgers on the brink of another MVP. You don't need this game. Everything is put away. You've got thing about starters. Who are you going to play? Who are you not going to play? Is it going to be abbreviated? Is it going to be a kind of a game flow situation? Uh, and then what do you do about all the other guys who've been sitting around? Alexander, Akhtiari, and all those guys. Are they coming back in this game? You would say, no, no way. We don't need them. But like Peter mentioned earlier, do they need game reps going into the playoffs? Are you going to bring those guys back? For, for this game and at least give them some reps. So I think as far as games go, I think this is going to be one of the more unique challenges that Lafleur has, has faced. Again, to Peter's point, you got to get out of this game healthy. You can't afford any major injuries to anybody. So it, it's going to be very, it's, it's going to be a chess game for, for Matt Lafleur. And like I, I mentioned before, the Lions are going to come 
screaming out of that tunnel and ready to play. It's not like they can just kind of drop back on their laurels and, and hope hope they can squeeze out a win or, or, or manage this game, but they're going to have to come ready to play, whoever's out there. I think the only key to this game is what both of you said, is that no one gets hurt. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Get out of week 17 without being hurt, or week 18, I guess it is now, but your 17th game. Who cares if you win, really? Be healthy. And I have heard nothing about Billy Turner. Nothing. I don't know whether yeah. he's coming back or not. I know we talk about Bakhtiari a lot more, or the media talks about him. Josh Myers, where's Josh Myers? Is he coming back? I know we talk a lot about Zedarius Smith, a lot about Jair Alexander, but there's other guys too. Will Randall Cobb get reps? Do you want him to get reps? I don't think I do. I don't think I want Randall Cobb to get any reps in this game. Would I like to see Zedarius Smith? I'd say no, not at all. But Billy Turner, the two tackles coming back, I would actually like to see them get reps in this game. I think those guys are the ones that are going to need to, I don't want to say get punched in the mouth, but be able to get back out there and get their footwork going in real time speed. I don't know if they come back or not, but I just get out of this game healthy and let's head to the playoffs. Yeah. Score prediction. It's really hard because you don't know who's playing, who's starting, how long they'll play. I'll go first. I think the Packers will open up a big lead. We will see our share of Jordan Love in the second half, and it will be 28-17 Packers. I got 20-17. I don't think, you know, I think we'll get up early, and I think the defense will kind of stay out there and, and put this game away. All right, Peter. I got 24-17. Okay. So I guess that's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode 70, who we didn't name after a player. <laughs> yeah, what is it called? We'll call it the TJ Lang episode. I did try to effort TJ Lang to get him on the show. Did you, he doesn't have DMs, that clown. We'll still call it the TJ Lang episode. So thanks for listening to episode 70, the TJ Lang episode. And go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.